So Money Episode 226, Shannon Wilburn. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. My friends, welcome back to So Money. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Thanks for joining me. It is back to school season. I've been doing some articles on how to save money for parents out there that are trying desperately to not break the bank as you're checking off that list of clothing and books and technology and gear and Oh my gosh, kids grow up fast and I'm just the parent of a one-year-old. And if I can say this, then I don't even know what parents out there with teenagers and college age kids are thinking. But today's guest is dedicated to teaching us how to save money on at least one aspect of raising kids, which is the clothing budget and, you know, all the accessories and the gear. How can you keep your kids clothed without throwing money out the window? Well, thankfully my guest today, Shannon Wilburn, has an answer. Consignment sales. It started in 1997 for Shannon when she and her friend, both young moms in Tulsa, Oklahoma, had this brilliant idea to hold a small, very small kids clothing sale in Shannon's living room. They had about 17 consigners. They sold $2,000 in merchandise that day, and each of them walked away with $150 in profit. And from there, the business, which they then named Just Between Friends, grew. And within a few years, they were holding multiple day sales in an expo center in Tulsa and helping other moms start their own sales. And then in 2004, Shannon had the brilliant idea of franchising the company. And now just between friend sales are held all over the country, some of them grossing over a million dollars each. Some takeaways from our conversation with Shannon building out a franchise company when she had no idea what that even entailed in the beginning going on a financial austerity plan for one year. What did that entail exactly? And the financial life lessons her father taught her from a young age that have helped steer her success as an adult. Please welcome Shannon Wilburn. Shannon Wilburn, welcome to So Money, a fellow mom. Great to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here. Well, we're happy to have you. You have an amazing story of how you started your uh, nationwide franchise, Just Between Friends, helping parents save money, which is always something we're trying to do on this show, save money, especially when it comes to fashion, clothing, and kids. And as a mother of a one-year-old, I know it's, I I have a threshold. I don't spend more than like (laughs) $7 on a onesie. (laughs) I don't like to spend more than $20 on shoes tops and I'm all about the hand-me-downs and the freebies because these kids they grow up so quickly it's not like us where we buy a pair of shoes and it lasts us you know 10 years hopefully or a couple years if you live in New York City it's so expensive yeah exactly so let's before we get to our so money questions and we learn about your financial philosophy and your your money mistakes, your money successes. Let's talk about your story, how Just Between Friends started. I understand that it really just grew out of a living room experiment. Like you had some some parents over and 
Yeah, you had yeah. made a nice oh. profit of $150 each, and that kind of later just took on a life of its own. It did. Yeah, it started in my living room. And the whole point was, um, I didn't have this big plan to turn just between friends into a franchise system. I didn't even know what franchising was. But uh, it just started with a need. And we we convinced about 17 of our friends from church to bring us their gently used children's and maternity clothes, toys and baby equipment. And when I say us, um, uh, had a business partner. Um, and we just convinced them that we were going to have this event in my living room and sell their gently used clothes. And we were going to take a portion and they were going to take a portion. And we sold about $2,000 worth of children's and maternity clothes back in September of 1997. And I think Devin, my business partner, and I made about $150 each, like you said. And the people that participated, the families that brought us their gently used items, they made 70% of what they sold. And when that event was over, they were like, are you going to do this again? (laughs) And we're like, I guess we're doing this again. And so you're right. It did take on a life of its own. We went from my living room to a three-car garage. Then we went to a church gymnasium. Then we went to the fairgrounds in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then uh, about six years into that business, we started franchising and we, we actually um, hit the 150 mark of franchises uh, this past month. Wow. And so, which is a huge milestone. I'm, I'm super, super excited that we get to take our business to, to so many families here in North America. What do you find uh, are some of the greatest needs among these families? Uh, what, what do you hear from parents? What are some of their financial concerns and how are they? Um... I really think, Varnish, I think it's just uh, most families in America that have children, it, it's hard. It is, it's really hard because it's so expensive. And, you know, you have to, to reclothe your children every six months. And that's expensive. Um, So I love that our franchisees are able to take this business to so many communities uh, because the families are able to save 50 to 90 percent off retail. And and so it it doesn't they can they can get those needs, you know, the onesies, the diapers, the, you know, the safety items for the family, uh, the educational toys and that type of thing, the strollers that they can also get you know, fun stuff for their kids. And so I like to say that our, our franchises have anything and everything it takes to raise a child. Yeah. So it's not um, just clothes. Right. I love the fact that our, that our business is kind of just over a two or three or four day period. So families can anticipate that and they can go and get as much as they can for the next six months. And then hopefully only have to buy, you know, maybe like a, an outfit for a photograph for a, you know, a family picture or, um, you know, a Halloween outfit or some dress shoes or something, but hopefully they're able to find everything for their kids for the next six months. Yeah. And as we know, it's back to school season. And I read a startling article (laughs) that was like, parents are going to spend over a thousand dollars just on back to school items. This is before the school year even begins. And as we know, as the school year, yeah, the school year starts and then there's all these other things that you realize you didn't buy or should need to get. So um, this will definitely are they ongoing? Like can parents actually participate this month or next month? We have we have events happening every month, but they're 
not ongoing. So we don't have brick and mortar locations. Our franchisees basically rent a large facility and um, host a pop-up consignment event. So that's really what it is. So you kind of have to go to the website and look and see, okay, is there one in my area? And uh, what are the dates? And kind of plan your your schedule around that. Because um, most of our franchises just have an event once in the spring and once in the fall. Now, some of our Franchises have more than two events annually, but that's kind of the business model is just once in the first six months and once in the second six months of the year. JBFSale.com, right? You got it. That's correct. Well, Shannon, let's go a little bit further back and talk about even before you had that initial consignment sale in your living room, uh, what was your life before that that kind of led you to this to this venture? What, what do you think were the forces that led you to this? I mean, I can go as far back as the age of 12. My, uh, my dad got multiple sclerosis when I was 12 and he was 32 or 33. And he was at the height of his career. He was a chief financial officer of an oil and gas company and uh, sought after back in the eighties. And, um, he got sick and had to go on disability. And um, I was thankful that, you know, our family was taken care of because he had disability insurance. And that was something that, you know, wasn't really common back then. And he had disability insurance. So his his paycheck got cut by like a quarter, like he was making a quarter of what he was making um, as a chief financial officer. And then he went on disability and my mom went back to work. And um, so we kind of had to really change the way that we lived. And my dad was, since he was a CFO, you know, he put us all on a budget. And so from an early age, I remember being put on a clothing budget. And so in order to make that monthly budget, I have an identical twin sister and we both got, uh, you know, a certain amount every month. And, and he said, he said, girls, you can spend this all this month or you can, you know, spend a little every month, but once it's gone, it's gone. And don't come asking for clothes or shoes or anything after this, after it's gone, it's gone. And that's what you're getting. And, (laughs) and so my sister and I found that shopping consignment was a great way to make our dollar stretch. And uh, my mom was really good because she would say, she would say, girls, don't buy it unless you love it. And so that was a, a great philosophy and a great way to learn um, about saving a little bit of money. And just because something is gently used doesn't mean it's not um, still cool or, or um, you know, I, I don't know that necessarily consignment shopping or thrift shopping was uh, mainstream back then. Um, I believe it is now, definitely. Uh, so anyway, that was kind of, I had grown up shopping consignment. And when I got married, I'm married to a pastor and we started having children and I wanted to be able to stay home with my kids. And, um, on a minister salary, that was, that was going to be difficult. Um, I was, I was teaching. And so my husband and I really prayed about it and, and decided, okay, Shannon's going to try and stay home. And, and so I had told my mom, I was like, if you hear of anything where I can make a little bit of extra money, please let me know. And so that's kind of how the idea of just between friends came about is, is she had heard about this type of event uh, where she lived in Fort Worth, Texas, and she didn't have a lot of information about it. She hadn't shopped there. She had just kind of heard through the grapevine. And this was back before the internet really had, uh, you know, small business had a presence on the internet. So my business partner and I really had to kind of 
come up with how we thought this was going to work. And we made a lot of mistakes, but that was where my love for consignment shopping came from. And I think your love for being entrepreneurial was sort of boiling. You know, I, I, it's funny. There were other women who went to the same event that you did, but you were the one who thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to turn this into a business. Uh, all while still you wanted to be a stay at home parent. You had this other desire to perhaps to, you know, be financially successful, entrepreneurial. So that's amazing. I think that's really, that really sets you (laughs) apart. We've come a long way when it comes to consignment. I mean, back when you were maybe a child, it wasn't so common or it was maybe looked down upon like, oh my gosh, used clothing. What has changed in the culture? Is it just that people are, is it the quality of of consignment has gotten better or that things have just gotten so expensive that we've compromised? I don't really know the answer to that. I can tell you where I really noticed it. So um, back in, you know, we, we started the franchise system in 2003. So we started selling franchises and we were able to sell franchises um, really at our goal. We were trying to sell 10 franchises a year. But in 2008, when the market um, went south and um, corporate America really became scared, you know, people were losing their jobs and it was really difficult. The economy tanked. And in 2009, we sold 30 franchises, which was triple what our goal was. And, um, I really think that's kind of where the shift happened where people were like, okay, it became more mainstream at that time. And it became kind of cool to save money. Um, and so that really, really helped our business. Our business is a recession friendly business. So, um, when the economy's not doing well, we are doing just fine. And when the economy is doing well, we're doing just fine. Right. Uh, You're doing so, even better when the economy is not uh, doing well, probably. Yes, I know, it, which is which is sad, but we provide a need for people. Mm-hmm. And um, I really, uh, it, I kind of get choked up when I talk about how many families um, we get to help. Uh, you know, if you can imagine saving 50 to 90% off of all your child's items, I mean, mm-hmm. think of how far that could go. We, we have families that kind of their goal Farnoosh, is to shop at our event and then the next season come back and sell those items and not have to really take any money out of their budget for their children's items because they're they're reselling what they what they had last season and then they're purchasing for next season so if they can you know sell 300 or 400 dollars worth of their children's clothes and then they're turning around and buying three or four hundred dollars worth of children's clothes then it kind of it all evens out and they're not having to take a lot out of pocket to make this work for their family and and that means they can you know maybe have a bigger house or they can go on vacation or they could uh, use that money elsewhere uh, to have a better quality of life. Right. Kids are expensive, as you said in the very, very beginning. <laughs> well, what is your they financial? Are. What is your financial philosophy, Shannon? After all of this and go, growing up, I think having a, a really excellent introduction to the the value of money and and how to stretch a dollar. What's your financial philosophy now as an adult and as an entrepreneur? Um. Well, I will tell you, I've got a couple. Um, Probably the biggest one, and I, I think this again, uh, you'll, you will find I have kind of this, my dad taught us a lot about money. And um, one of the, when I, when I was getting married, he, he gave me a few books to read. And two of them were about 
financial things. And one was called debt-free living. And I think the author was Larry Burkett. And so this was back in like 89. (laughs) And uh, I read that book from cover to cover and it really, um, really introduced me to how, how difficult it can be when you get in debt and talked about, you know, saving early and talked about uh, not buying new cars and talked about not buying whole life insurance, all of those different things that as a teenager, you don't have to know. Um, And so it really set my family up for success because I had that financial knowledge. And I love that you do this podcast because I think it's one of those things that I think families don't typically take time to teach their children. And so I was thankful that my dad took the time to, to make sure that I understood um, at a basic level. And so that's kind of my philosophy is if we can do things debt-free, then, um, you know, it, it will set us up for success. And along with debt-free is I try not to pay full price for anything. I just have that bargain mindset. And so I try, I, I negotiate tons of, tons of things. Now, I, if I go into like a big box store or something like that. I'm not going to negotiate with the cashier on, you know, Cheerios or something like that, or, a, <laughs> you know, a dress, but, but with uh, business vendors, um, I always try to negotiate when I travel. Um, I try to find discounted travel or use points. And so it really covers most facets of, of my life. Mm. Yeah, I would say. I mean, it's kind of addicting once you get, get catch the bug, right? You kind of feel like I have that <laughs> way is. too. Like, I all I have a well, I have a different reason for uh, wanting to always negotiate. I sort of feel like people expect it of me at this point. Like I can't just go and yes. pay full price yes. for something. Like I have to at least try and, and use my own <laughs> advice. What is it? What would you say, That's Shannon? True, because they might know who you are. Exactly. Right. And well, they may, and not because of that, but because like I want to yeah. be able to. I want to be able to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. Right. Um, so, Shannon, yes. what would you say is your number one financial fail throughout? I'm curious because you said you didn't know what franchising was when you started this business, and yet it still was. You were very successful, but along the way, as any entrepreneur experiences, maybe there was some setback or failure or just lesson hard lessons learned. Can you share one with us and 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 yes. what you learned? Yeah. Well, I have several. So I think any any entrepreneur, any business person, if you don't have failure, you're not trying to really move forward and, and take risks. Uh, so we have we have many failures, and some of them are financial. But I mentioned earlier how in 2009 we sold 30 franchises. Uh, so that was that was in my mind in 2009. That was a financial win because we're taking franchise fees from every person who purchases a franchise. Well, what I didn't realize was that in 2010, it, it, it takes probably a good three years for our franchises to get uh, to start, you know, getting a, a large client base where they are actually paying in royalties in an amount that, that really can support them. And so for two or three years as corporate, we are supporting the franchises that we bring on in a significant manner. Um, and I didn't take that into consideration. So we so we grew too fast in 2009, and then 2010 we had to have what what I call the year of austerity. <laughs> it's don't spend money on anything unless you absolutely have to, because I thought we're going to go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. We we just sold all these franchises, and now 
holy cow, we have to support these people. And so I have to bring on more staff. I have to put uh, more technology in place. Uh, we have to really up our game. And that was a, a, a huge learning curve for me because I didn't have the fourth but I, you know, I don't have a business degree. My business degree is element. I mean, my degree is elementary education. So no one said, Hey, Shannon, you have to watch how fast you grow. Um, so you won't go out of business, but that was, uh, it was very eye opening for me. And, and I'm thrilled that I now know when we make a decision, we have to really look, we have to be very forward thinking and, and look, can we support this for the next three to five years? Or is this, is this one decision? Can we scale this one decision? Can we, can we continue to do this? And is it going to have an ROI? So hard lesson learned, but we made it. Wow. <laughs> We're still here. That's interesting. I, I, a year, was it a year of austerity or, or how long was it? Yes, a year. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Did you were you successful? I mean, yes. I, obviously you were successful, but can you walk me through some of the specifics yes. of that? Because I, <laughs> I had a little bit of a panic attack yesterday, yes. financial panic attack. Yes, Farnoosh had a panic attack over money yesterday, just because yeah. <laughs> um, I am concerned about being cash, just having ample cash on hand as we enter this renovation project. And um, you know, we obviously have enough to cover what we anticipate, yes. but then what? else is out there that I don't know about? Like, what if they drill through a wall and they discover something that's going to need special assistance? So anyway, long story short, I started to really get concerned yes. about some of the things that we're spending on that maybe we shouldn't be so that we can have more cash on hand uh, for the what ifs. Yes. And I thought, well, I, and I think I, you and I probably go ahead. No, sorry. I think we have a little bit of a delay in hearing each other. So I, I'm sorry if I'm talking over your words, but I, um, called my husband and I was like, we need to just like slow it down a little bit on the spending. And mostly me, cause he's very good at, <laughs> he can go like weeks without spending a lot of money. I have a bit of a, uh, I don't know. I'm a little more fast and loose with cash. And, um, yes, I admit, <laughs> but so how do you go on an austerity plan and not lose your mind? Uh, so, so obviously you can't just stop spending money, uh, because you have to, you have to have money to do business. And so at that time, I think we had four staff members and, uh, I was like, we're not going out to eat. Don't take anyone, don't take anyone to lunch, you know, have a, have a phone conversation or go to coffee. Uh, but it was really just drilling down and looking at where are you spending your money and, and, um, where can you, I think you have to look at what are the needs and what are the wants or desires, um, and it's interesting. My my son is uh, he did an internship at a financial services company this summer, and you know we made him go through the Dave Ramsey teenage um, uh, sessions on learning how to manage your money as a, as a teenager. And uh, but I don't think lots of that stuck with him. But this financial services company made him read a book about uh, you know finances, and he was he was sharing with me that he is really now looking at his spending as if he has to have it or if he doesn't have to have it. And it's, and that's kind of one of those things that we did in 2010 is we looked at, is this a need? And if it wasn't, we tried to either put it off or just don't do it at all. Um, and some things you, you can't put off. Um, and I have the, I have these same conversations, Farnoosh. I think any business owner has these same questions, uh, because we have to have cash flow and small business owners, you know, who have a, who have rent 
and who have a staff to pay, we're very concerned about cash flow because uh, we want to be able to, you know, pay someone, you know, their their paycheck and, mm-hmm. and, and have money in the bank. And so it's interesting because someone on my executive team said, well, you need to have six months worth of expenses as a business. Uh, put to the side. And I think that's one of, um, that's a Dave Ramsey mantra, I think is for, for your household. But I had a, I had a great conversation with the CFO that is in my life. He's not our CFO. We don't have a CFO. We have a director of finance, but I have several, um, people that I can go to when I have high level financial questions. And he said, Shannon, he said, you do not need six months worth of cash sitting in the bank because he said, if your expenses are not coming in, I mean, if you're, if you're in, if the revenue is not coming in, then you have to adjust expenses. And, um, so, so that's kind of what we do. I like to be safe. And so we do have a little bit of money in savings. Cause I don't, I really don't want to get to the point where, uh, we ever have to be in debt, but we do have, um, a line of credit with our bank that, you know, if something happens, we can absolutely, go and access that money. And so that's kind of our fail safe. And I don't know if that's what all business owners do, uh, but that's kind of what we have really relied on over the past um, 11 years of franchising is if, if we have a big expense, like we had a big trademark dispute um, over the summer and spent several thousand dollars in attorney's fees and in trying to settle that trademark dispute and that wasn't in our budget and so we just had a a, a budget meeting about a week ago because we're reassessing our expenses for the next five months because I, I have to come up with okay I just spent several thousand dollars that I didn't have in the budget so what am I going to basically cut out over the, the next five months uh, where I will make sure that we have the cash flow going forward. That's brilliant. No, I think that's brilliant. And (laughs) and one of the things that I did as I was having my panic attack yesterday was I was like, all right, I have a, I have taken on some (laughs) Uh expenses this summer that I didn't really anticipate, or maybe I did anticipate, but they're going to end after the summer is over, like my intern. And, um, I was working with a publicist. And so I immediately took the money that I will no longer be spending on those areas and put them in a separate savings mm-hmm. account so that it, I, it wasn't just theoretical. Like I wasn't like, oh, That's well, awesome you know, I, thank you. I like yes. to think that I did a favor to myself <laughs> because now I know that money is not just a theoretical savings. Like it's actually tucked away and I can't touch. I mean, I can touch it, yes. but I won't. Um, and that will right. be good just to, for, you know, something similar. Mm hmm. We do, we have, um, we work off a cash budget. And so I actually made my director of finance put a line item in our budget for savings. And so we just put a very small amount, um, you know, in the grand scheme of, of my annual revenue, it's a small amount, but it's there if I need it. And, um, so that's helpful. So that's kind of where, um, we take money if we feel like we're going to get in a cash crisis. Uh, but I didn't have that back in 2010. So I love, love that you're doing that. That's awesome. Thank you. I try to walk yeah. the walk, Shannon. I'm not just here to you know, <laughs> speak, uh, speak from my holy, um, you know, my, uh, my little, uh, my, what do you call it? Cl- uh, 
I don't know. I lost it. I lost <laughs> it. Your, your pedestal. My your pedestal. pedestal. <laughs> right. My, my podcast pedestal. <laughs> yeah. What's your number one financial habit, Shannon? We've talked a lot already about good habits that you've practiced along the way, but which say would be one that uh, if you could only do one thing, you would stick with this one thing. I like to give money away. So that is really my goal. Um, for my business is to be able to to do well enough to be able to give money away. And um, my husband and I are kind of on the same page with that. Uh, my dad instilled that in me back when I back when I was young. He, you know, I told you that he went on disability, and he he realized um, we went to church and we're Christians, and he he realized that he had not been tithing the first you know, 10 years of his career before he got sick, he didn't, he didn't tithe or or give money away. And so in his mind, he was cheating the Lord. And, um, after he got sick and went on disability and when my mom went to work and we started on a, you know, clothing budget, um, he, he went back and figured out, you know, how much money would I have given to the church or to the Lord or, or given away if I would have been tithing those first 10 years. And it was a significant amount because he was doing very well. And over the next 15 years, he found a way to give that money back and was a great example to me about making sure that you give part of what you receive away. And um, even when I went to work as a teenager, Farnoosh, um, I had to come home and give my dad my paycheck and he would give, he would say, here's 10% for church. Here's 20% to spend. And he made a save 70% for college. And so when I went to college, I had $4,000 that I personally had saved and I didn't like it at the time, but it really set me up to be into the habit of giving money away. And um, I don't think most people are brought up to know how to be philanthropic or, or to know how to give back. And I think it's it's very important. I think millennials more um, have that giving back attitude. And I don't know why, but um, I, I was just thankful for my family for instilling that in me. Mm. Yeah, what a wonderful gift he gave you and your sister and your <laughs> Yes. You know, in many ways, yes. the gift that keeps giving. Yes. <laughs> so now I would love to transition to some so money fill in the blanks. I know, Shannon, you're a big fan of the show, so I won't be surprising you with these uh, with these sentences. But maybe you've got some interesting right. ways to finish them for us. If I won the lottery tomorrow, let's say a hundred million dollars, the first thing I would do is I'd buy my husband some land. He has wanted land for a long time. And he, we, we, you know, we live in a neighborhood and now our kids are in college. And so he's like, we don't have to be bound by a school district. We need to get some land. And then I'd give, I'd give probably most of it away. Wow. Okay. One thing that I spend (laughs) on lucky husband. Yeah. One thing that I spend on that makes my life easier or better is Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Oh, right. A Dunkin' Donuts girl. I'm from the East Coast. I'm from the Northeast. So Dunkin' Donuts, you know, I'm from Massachusetts. So they were, I think it's founded in Massachusetts. Yes. So it's a, it's nice. I mean, look, every, I love Starbucks too, but I have a special place yeah. in my heart for, for the Dunkin'. Yeah. We don't have, um, we don't have Dunkin' Donuts franchises in Tulsa where I live. So I have to go to Sam's or go to Target and buy the bag of Dunkin' Donuts. And I actually, 
travel with it. So when I'm in hotels, I have my, my Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I'm kind of a Dunkin' Donuts coffee snob. Wow. And you're like a walking advertisement <laughs> for them. That's a, a traveling advertisement <laughs> for them. That's pretty impressive. It's oh, funny. My biggest splurge or my biggest guilty pleasure that I spend a lot of money on is? Uh, fake eyelashes and hair color. So I do the lash extensions. So I have to go every two weeks so I can get a fill. But I love them. They're awesome. Wow. I know. I have a couple girlfriends who do that. And I I think that's too high maintenance for me. Like, yeah, well, and you have a baby. So my kids are in college. So I'm sure that's definitely harder. And if you have decent eyelashes, you probably don't really care about your eyelashes. But I have the dinkiest eyelashes. And so... Um, it, I just feel like so like glamorous, like you don't have to put on any eye mascara if you're swimming or if you're working out at the gym, it looks like you have on the, your eye, make yeah. your eyes pop. So as long as they're not freakishly long, I remember being on the beach and looking no, at this not. woman who had literally, I think they were like two inches long. I was like, that. <laughs> not only is that not, that cannot be real. That is very frightening. Yeah. Like it was a That's weapon. Funny. <laughs> Her eyelashes. Well, you'll work. have to look at next time. Yeah. That's funny. Um, what were you, you going to say? I have to what next time? I was next time uh, we see each other. You'll have to tell me if my eyelashes look freakishly long. Well, your headshot is beautiful, so I, I don't. I, I doubt oh. it. But that was just a rare. That was a rare uh, sighting for me. But how about this? One thing I wish I had learned about money growing up is you. Spend what you make unless you have a plan. Spend what you make unless you have a plan. Good one. When I donate, I like to give to blank because? I like to give to mission efforts or my church or individuals with needs. And last but not least, I'm Shannon Wilburn. I'm so money because? I'm so money because my business is debt free. Excellent. Well, congratulations, Shannon. I'm I'm all for Thank you. Yes, I'm all for this business. I think it's it's all it's a win-win. It really is. I mean, everybody yes. wins whether you're a buyer, you're a seller, you're a franchise owner. Thank you for having me, Farnoosh. I always enjoy your advice and love your show. If you'd like to learn more about Shannon or find a Just Between Friends sale near you, visit the website jbfsale.com. You can also follow Shannon on Twitter at Shannon Wilburn. We have all this info at somoneypodcast.com in case you missed it, where you can also get the transcript and the comments from this episode and all previous episodes. And continue sending me your questions, everyone. Hop on to somoneypodcast.com, click on Ask Farnoosh, and there you can ask me your question about money or work or life. Uh, career, how to save money, how to, I don't know, quit your job. Someone asked me last weekend and I am happy to help. So do that. And uh, every Saturday and Sunday, I answer your questions. That's changing soon though. I will be changing the show's format. You may have heard uh, starting in mid-September, we're going to go to a five day a week format. So Ask Farnoosh will be on Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays will all take a break. So thanks again for tuning in. Hope your day is so money. 